Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on yet another hump day, today being Wednesday, the 8th of September, 2021. And uh, a beautiful, beautiful day here in the Macedon Ranges. Sun is shining, not much of a zephyr at all, and uh, birds are chirping, the pollen is starting to come out. Just a beautiful time to be alive and out walking this morning, just a beautiful brisk morning to be out and uh, to be thinking about certain things and uh, obviously listening to podcasts, but uh, did a lot of thinking this morning and this is the uh, out of thinking this morning. This is the topic of today's podcast episode and it's all about intention. Uh, And I want to talk about this because I had a personal experience about this uh, last week and I've been pontificating around this for this week and uh, had a number of conversations with people also who have experienced similar things and we're all all talking around this power of intention and being really, really clear on what our intention is because sometimes things happen despite your best intentions and sometimes things happen that you don't expect, but it's how we deal with those and it's what review process we go through and what sort of feedback we take on board that enables us to take a lesson from absolutely everything that happens and use that lesson to move forward in a positive direction. And so um, I just wonder if you've had this experience where you've been running a, a meeting uh, or you've facilitated some form of conversation. It could be a one-on-one conversation, it could be a group conversation, it could be a difficult conversation, or it could be just one of those what you consider at the time to be a fairly easy conversation, but it didn't go as well as you thought. Or even as I did last week is run a workshop, and uh, even though there was the majority of people that enjoyed it, uh, there was one person that didn't think it was any good at all or it didn't resonate um, and so what do you do in that sort of situation? I know for me, years ago, I used to get really, really caught up in, wow, this person didn't like what I was had to say. What's what's wrong with me? Is, is, it, is it something I did? Was it something I said? Didn't I get my content right? And it was, all, it was all negative, negative, negative. Now, if you've had that experience, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've got the best of intentions. You've had the conversation. And for some reason, the conversation didn't resonate with the person you're having a conversation with. Now, can you control that? Well, the answer is, uh, no, because we don't have control over the responses that people give to us. The only thing we do have control over is what we choose to do in response to the response that we're being given. Uh, now, one of the one of the difficulties we have, and this is just human nature, and I've experienced this hundreds if not thousands of times, that if you have a good conversation with somebody or if you run a workshop, in my case last week running a workshop, and for all intents and purposes, if you get feedback on the spot, that was, that was a really good workshop. We got a lot of out, uh, good outputs from it. Uh, good uh, good learning bites from it. And if there was one person that didn't like it for whatever reason, right, what do we tend to do? Well, human nature dictates that we tend to focus on the negative. Now, if you get nine reviews and they're phenomenal out of 10, and you get one review that's a one or two out of 10, logically, we go straight to, oh my God, why didn't that person like it? What did I do wrong? And all of a sudden, we look at trying to change our behavior to <laughs> trying to appease that one person. And it's ridiculous because until we actually seek to understand a little bit more about what brought that person to make those sort of comments or to give that sort of feedback, we're just going to be jumping at shadows. And what it is, though, that we are, as a human race, unfortunately, we are predisposed to more easily and more readily think of the negative first. And there's a lot of lot of research that's been done around this 
that being positive, being optimistic, and looking for the positive things in everything that happens takes a bucket load of work. And so we need to think about this when it comes to having conversations with our team, having conversations with customers, key stakeholders, people who we are trying to influence and understand that we're not necessarily going to have a 100% positive strike rate, and that is everything everything we touch turns to gold, or every single person we have a conversation with, we influence them to take a decision or make to take some form of action that we want them to do. There's always going to be a percentage of people that doesn't resonate with you for whatever reason, and that's perfectly okay. So one of the things we have to start thinking about and, and doing is putting everything into perspective. Now, I'm all for seeking feedback. And if you heard me on the podcast, I talk a lot about the fact that we as leaders in particular have to become a feedback-seeking machine where we're always looking for feedback because every conversation you have is an opportunity for feedback. Now, even if somebody's not giving you feedback per se, and that that is they're not saying, oh, I'm going to give you some feedback, just by them responding to you, sometimes verbally and often non-verbally, is feedback. It's feedback to you in terms of, okay, how are they resonating with you? And how are they responding to you? You don't necessarily have to get feedback verbally all the time. There's always opportunities for feedback because you see it in people's body language. You'll see it in people's actions. Uh, and they're not always positive and, that, and that's perfectly okay. So we need to be dialed into that. But one of the things I've, I've been working on for a, for a lot of my clients and I've been working on myself for a long, long time is this concept called seeking to understand. And by all means, what we need to do is whenever we get any form of feedback and let Let's be honest, when you get positive feedback, it feels phenomenal. You love it, right? Because it makes you feel nice and warm and fuzzy. You get a, a heap, hit of dopamine. You might even get some serotonin and oxytocin and all these other great chemicals that are positive chemicals. But does it actually give you anything to use and utilize and move forward and get even better? Well, sometimes it does. But you know what? When you get feedback, just, oh, you're awesome. That was phenomenal. It might make you feel great for a short period of time, but it doesn't necessarily give you any level of specificity that you can utilize as a platform to even get better and go to another level. And so one of the things we've got to get better at is seeking to understand. And by all means, analyze and review, but it has to be put into perspective. So when somebody doesn't resonate with you or they don't agree with the, I guess, the path of, uh, of your questioning or the topic you're talking about or the opinion you've got or the strategy you've put in place, whatever the case might be, if they don't agree with you, Please, please, please try to avoid the instant response or the instant reaction to go on the defensive or in some cases go on the offensive to try and convince them that you're right and they're wrong. What you've got to start thinking about is, okay, they've they've actually said something to me or my message didn't resonate with them. The first question I'm always going to ask myself is, why is that the case? Why did they choose that response? And my response to that is, what did I do or not do? to lead them to make the decision to respond in that way. So in other words, I'm seeking to understand what caused them to choose that sort of response. Now, it may well be something that I did that didn't resonate, and I may not have even been conscious of it when I did it. It could have been something I said. It could have been something the way I said it. It could have been a whole host of things, right? But until I actually ask the question and seek to understand, I'm just going to be jumping at shadows. And how good is that, right? Not very good because... How many times do you have a conversation in your head and, you, and part of the conversation is, why me? You know, what's wrong with me? Why, do they, why don't they resonate with my message? I'm doing the best I can. Don't they realize how much work I put into this? Well, it's very easy to get yourself into the depths of despair based on the conversations that you have with yourself, by the way, which are not necessarily founded in facts. It's just your interpretation of the facts as presented to you by a piece of feedback or a response in that particular moment. And it's not factual right it's just emotion 
And so one of the things to get really, really good at, and this is something I've had to work and I'm continuing to work on, and I'm doing it this week as we speak, is continuing to seek to understand. But I've got to also start thinking about, okay, what are the facts here? This person or these people have given this piece of feedback. They didn't resonate with a certain element of the workshop that I ran or they didn't resonate with with the whole thing, whatever the case might be. Until I actually understand what the specifics were, I can't deal with it, right? I can't I can't deal with opinion because opinion really doesn't count because if what, what they think of me, you know what? That's their opinion and I can't change that nor do I want to change that because it's none of my business. What I have to be really clear on is, okay, what are the facts that I've put in place and what is the intention that I'm putting in place in terms of any conversation that I'm having? What is the intention that I'm looking for? And so if you do that with every single conversation you're having and every single meeting you run, every, every facilitated workshop you do, and go right back to before the meeting or before the event and ask yourself, okay, what was the intention? If your intention was pure, if your intention was was positive, right, then as long as you can step back and say, you know what, that was my intention and I did everything in my human powers to actually line up with that intention and for whatever reason it didn't resonate with that person, then hey, that's fine. I, that, there's going to be some people out there that simply don't resonate with your message and that's perfectly okay. And so why do we spend so much of our energy and our time trying to understand why somebody didn't like us? Because that's what it really is about. Somebody potentially doesn't like us and that beca- that becomes almost like an identity type crisis or an attack on our, on our identity. And I've started to learn, you know what, who cares? If they don't like me, that's fine. I, I probably won't see them again, but that's not the point. I'm still going to give the best I possibly can. So my intention is very, very clear. If that doesn't resonate with somebody and it could well be that it's just not a right fit or uh, there could be a whole host of reasons as to why the message didn't resonate with that person. That's fine, right? As long as I get the feedback and I seek to understand so that I can take that information, put it into the review process, and there may well be some things that are factual-based that I can utilize to continue to drive improvement, then that is a positive outcome. But I'm certainly not going to spend all of my energy trying to be all things to all people because you're not going to resonate with absolutely everything, everybody, and that is perfectly okay. You don't have to. However, what we must do, though, is we must be really, really clear and aligned with what our intention is, which means, and this is why I record so many episodes where I'm, where I'm talking about your standards, your values, your beliefs, everything that's important to you. What do you stand for? What's important to you as a leader? Because if you know that, when it goes to any situation that you're putting yourself in, whether it be a difficult conversation, whether it be a workshop, whether it be a facilitated session, whether it be a pitching session for a customer, whether it be an internal dialogue with somebody who's a key stakeholder you have to influence, you've got to be really, really clear on what your intention is. You've got to be really aligned with what that intention is and what you're trying to achieve. So you need to know what your outcome is that you're looking for. So what does success look like? Now, when we when we talk about uh, planning, when we talk about presenting, when we talk, certainly when I talk about uh, to sales terms about pitching, we've got to look at, okay, what is the end game? What does success look like? What is a successful outcome looking like? And we start working backwards. So we always start with the end in mind. And this is where the intention comes into it. I'm going to call this this episode, what is your intention? So this is the this is the key understanding. What is your intention for this conversation? What is the outcome you're looking for and what does success look like? There is a th- there's three key things to think about when it comes to trying to define what that outcome looks like. The first thing is irrespective of the type of audience that you're talking with, whether it be a group or whether it be an individual, we've got to think about, okay, what is it that I want this particular person or this group to be thinking? Now, this must be aligned with the outcome I'm looking for. So is it that I want them to be thinking a certain way. I want them to be thinking there's a level of confidence. I want them to be thinking that this methodology we're putting in place 
is a strong methodology that then gives them a level of confidence. Do I want them to be thinking that you know what there's a there's an area of safety that they can now operate in, be the and they be the fullest version of themselves, or start bringing out their own characteristics where perhaps before they've been a little bit uh, feeling a little bit anxious or uh, tiptoeing around the edges a little bit because they haven't been feeling as if they can be themselves. So what do I want them to be thinking first, right? So that's the first part. The second part is, all right, how do I want them to feel? What is it that I want them to be feeling as a result of me having a conversation, me running a workshop, whatever it is we're doing in a, in a group or an individual setting? Because here's the thing, guys. When when we do things, we don't do things purely rationally, although we think we do. We think we're often a logical or a rational being and that we will make a logical decision. But ultimately, we make decisions primarily based on a level of, mo- of emotion because that emotion is something that will invoke us into taking action. So what is the emotion you want them to feel? How do you want them to be feeling as a result of a conversation that you're having with that person? Now, why do people, for example, go to concerts? Well, they want to feel a certain thing. They certainly want to get entertained, but they certainly want to feel a certain thing. So when the concert is over, and often they'll come back and do an encore, the, the, the bands and the singers often leave their best songs or their biggest hits for the last thing because they want you to leave the concert feeling a certain thing. Now, from a pure business point of view, what they're trying to do is they're trying to leave you with an impression of increase to the point where you're more likely to go out and buy merchandise when you leave the concert or certainly when you get back after the concert, you're more likely to go and buy, buy their records, buy their music, buy their products. And so that's the thing. What is it that you want the people to feel? Because you need to be able to invoke an emotion in somebody in order to, for them to feel compelled to take some form of action. And this is why, of course, you, when you watch all of the, all the TV shows, all the ads that come on, what they're trying to do right now is they're trying to invoke an emotion in you to try and get you to feel a certain thing to the point where you'll go and consider that particular product or more importantly, go and buy that particular product. Because they know that people will actually do things based on a level of emotion they feel because that's how they get people to take action. So what is it that you want your audience to feel or the person you're having a conversation with? What is it you want them to feel as a result of this conversation with you? And the third thing, and probably the most important thing, is that any, any, uh, any conversation, any meeting, any workshop, uh, anything really, there has to be a call to action of some sort. So what is it that you want them to do? So what sort of action is it that you want them to be able to take after or as a result of the conversation you're having, the workshop you're running, the, the, the strategy session you're running, whatever the case might be, the conversation you're having, what is it that you want them to do? So if you're really, really clear on this outcome because you've overarched it with and you've wrapped it up with what is your overall intention and you start thinking about what success looks like and you start then contemplating and really dialing on, okay, what is it that I want this person to think or this group to think? How is it that I want them to feel as a result of this conversation? But more importantly, what is it that I want them to do? Then all of a sudden, if that's then aligned with your overall intention, then whatever people do or say as a result of your workshop, whether they love it or hate it, you know what? It's up, totally up to them. And you've got to just accept that. And that's one thing I learned this week. You know what? There's not going to be every single person you come into contact with that is going to love what you do or love what you say. And one of the things we need to get really better at is not taking it too personally. Certainly get feedback and certainly seek to understand because you'll be able to separate the fact from a fact, a fact from fiction and certainly fact from opinion because that's where many people fall down is they give you an opinion and opinions don't necessarily uh, help. They more than often hinder because it's slanted with somebody's opinion, which is a sometimes a warped perspective. So we've always got to be really, really dialing in on, okay, what are the facts here? Let's let's understand certainly the, the perspective of the person, but I need to be able to separate opinion 
from facts. So I can deal with facts. I can't necessarily deal with opinions because opinions very rarely are based and founded in facts. And if you take if you take a person's opinion as gospel, if you take a person's opinion as fact, then you're going to be doing yourself a disservice. And probably it says to me that your intention in the first place was not as strong as it probably needed to be. And that might be an area for us to work on. So as we wrap up this message, just a key a key reminder that when you're going into any situation, whether it be a one-on-one conversation or a group conversation, be really, really clear on what your intention is. Dial in on that intention and I guarantee it'll be almost like the guiding light through through any conversation. You'll be taken off track, you'll be taken down rabbit holes, but if you really stick true to what that intention is and you're really clear on what the outcome is that you're looking for and you can focus on those three things of what is it you want them to think, feel, and do, you'll be in a very, very good place and understand that you'll get a result that is positive a lot more than a negative result. And hey, it's okay. Some people won't like it and that's perfectly okay. So with that, trust that message helps. Trust that message resonates. It's something that's near and dear to me because it's happened this week and I'm sure it'll happen again. So I'm looking forward to that opportunity and I'm also looking forward to the opportunity of working with you, helping you take your leadership to the exceptional sales letter level and doing that in the next 90 days. So jump onto my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com. Let's jump on a call, have a conversation and start working together as early as this week and get you well on your way over the next three months to being that exceptional sales leader. So look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.